So today I'm going to ask, simply ask the question and have you understand, do you, do we realize that we were created to be somebody else? Well, that was perfect timing, wasn't it? Right? So you were created to be somebody else. That's who God made us to be. We were created to be somebody else that lives and loves like something else. And the world is crying out for us. It is a great time to be the church. Can I get an amen? When Marcus comes back, you can go back to normal, right? But today I need your help. All right? So what it is, it is a great time to be the church. It is a great time to say this is who God is. This is the God that gives us a hand up when we want to quit. This is the God that gives us a fresh start. And we were created to be somebody else that then lives and loves like something else. That who we are and what we are in our life looks different from the world. It says we're created to be somebody else. This poinia we'll talk about. Then within that, then we live and we love like something else. That means the mess that is in America today. And I talked to you about it. I don't expect you to remember it. But last year, after George Floyd was murdered, I was here talking about justice and God's justice. And you know what? We've got to mind the gap. The church has got to jump into the messiness of all of that. So we've got to understand we're created to be somebody else. Somebody what? You're not helping me. Somebody what? And so in, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that we are God's workmanship. Right before that, God, re, Paul reminds us that we were saved by grace, not by works that no man can boast. And then he says that we are his workmanship. In the, in the Greek, it is poinia. It means masterpiece. What it means is God has created you to be a piece of art, not a piece of work. You're a piece of art. You're his masterpiece. And so one of those masterpieces, as I look out here, is, is, is my friend Kevin. And so when God made Kevin, God grabbed a guitar and he wrote a song about Kevin. Why? Because Kevin, we become that masterpiece through faith in 2.9. And then 2.10, it says we are this pointy of this man. So God grabbed a guitar and said, you know, I like Kevin. He's so cool. I'm glad he graduated from high school. And then he says, you know what? In me, he he will never fail. He will, excuse me, in me, he will never fall. I think I'm going to make him real, real tall. <laughs> so we're God's workmanship. This poinia, we are made to be somebody else. Somebody what? It says in, in, in 2 Corinthians we are, that, that we are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We're made to be this new. And then, then he goes on to say, God reminds us that so what great love the Father has lavished, has poured onto us, overflows into us, that we should be called children of God, not a servant, not a slave, but a child of God, a child of that love. We are created to be somebody what else? Created to be somebody what else we're created to be somebody else that then lives and loves like something else my friend dave park with the fusion epic ministries goes through this and, and what it is is this is the something else we were created to be we were created to have acceptance and belonging and purpose and power and authority and submission and provision and guidance and security and significance in peace and freedom. That is who God created us to be. And when we accept Christ, then that is who we become. That is who we become. And so as you look at that, I don't know about you. I want to feel like I belong. Anybody else? 
I want to feel like I have, I want to have a, I want to know that my life has purpose. My life has meaning. And when I understand I'm created to be somebody else, then this is the somebody else that I'm created to be. And so as you look at that, and later on, I'm going to ask you to take a picture because I'm going to show you who we were created to be and what the mess sin brought us into is to take a look at that and know how many people struggle with worry here. Anybody else besides me? And so, but God says, why do you worry when I am your provision? And so what happens is this. Without Christ, not being the somebody else God's made us to be, we then experience this. Now, I've often wanted, when I'm wondering when you get to heaven, is there going to be a Q&A in heaven? Anybody else? And I, lately, I've decided I think all the stuff I think is important really doesn't matter. But there's one person I want to talk to in heaven. I want to go to Adam, and I want to say, bruh, you had one job. You had one thing. You only had one thing you could screw up. He had only one bad decision. And because of that bad decisions, how many bad decisions do we have in our lives? Multiple millions of them, it seems. And so when sin entered the world through Adam and is passed on to us, then we become this broken person. So we have rejection. We have alienation. We have meaninglessness, weakness, timidity, rebellion, worry, being lost, fear, inferiority, confusion, and bondage. God doesn't want us to live like that. God didn't create us to be like that. And so since, since because of that, you see what happens, y'all, is this. We end up rocking a tightrope between the somebody we're supposed to be and the somebody we may think we are or the world says we are. Amen? So we walk a tightrope between hope and fear. We walk a tightrope between life and a funeral pyre. We, we walk a, a, a tightrope between anxiety and provision. And God says, that's not where I want you to live because God reminds us we were created for acceptance, not rejection, belonging, not alienation, purpose, not meaninglessness, power, not weakness, authority, not timidity, submission, not rebellion, provision, not worry, guidance, not being lost, security, not fear, significance, not inferiority, peace, not confusion, freedom, and not bondage. Can I get an amen? So here, what I'd like you to do, grab your phone, take a picture of this, and then after you get home, then take and go, all right, on the left-hand side, I'm doing pretty well here. God, I'm feeling and understanding who God has made me in this, that I'm walking. I feel like I have purpose. I feel like I belong. But maybe some of you are walking in worry. Maybe some of you are walking in confusion. Maybe you're just wondering, do I have a purpose in my life? And God does not want us to be the person on the right. Why? Because God has created us to be somebody what? Somebody else. And when we live and love out of that something else, the world takes notice. The world sees. The world says, I want to have a piece of this. Because you know what? I even look at, for a while I looked at that one and said submission instead of rebellion. And I got kind of confused. And then I started thinking about how many times I really don't follow, want to follow the rules. Amen. How, how many times do you really want to follow those red lights on the U-turn out there? Anybody else? But God has created us to be like that. And the more I understand who God's created me to be, and I live out of that, man, life is not just, I'm not saying it's easy. 
I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's who I was made to be. And when we live like the somebody else that God has made us to be, then we can get through that. But you know what? We are not, we're created to be somebody else then that lives and loves like something else. So let's take a look at the lives like something else. When you heard about Christ, you were taught in him accordance with the truth in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, to put off your old what? You're not helping me today to put off your old what? Huh. So again, look back. You took a picture of it. The old self, the broken self. God's saying I, to put that off, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. It be made new in the attitude, be made new in the attitude of your minds to put on the new self, the new what? Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So God is saying you put off the old, you put on the new. God is saying, I didn't make you to be like that. When Faith made us a new creation. When in faith we became this poinea, this masterpiece, this piece of art that God made, then he says, start living out of those things. But you look at it, you take off the old, which is being corrupted by his deceitful desires. All right, because what is it? Remember, the train is pretty simple because he says, be made new in the attitude of your mind. A thought becomes a desire. A desire becomes an action, an action becomes a habit, a habit becomes a stronghold, and strongholds are held to break. So God is saying you gotta stop it, you gotta stop it at the thought, right? You gotta stop it at the thought. Because you know what? We talk about it with the, with our kids that work for us, the team kids that come. The heart wants what the heart wants. The heart wants what the heart wants. And so this is saying you can't be wanting and desiring. You got to put off the old and put on the new, created to be like, created to be in righteousness and holiness. Basically what God's saying to some of us is that don't look good on you. Take a second. These are, you ever look at that website, crazy people that go to Walmart? Anybody else? And so, so, up front, y'all, I don't know why white people think dreads look good on them, period, any time in this world. Can I get an amen, right? So I'm like, you're like, you gotta say, that don't look good on you. Now, fellas, you know what, you know that saying. If you're married, you know that saying. You're not gonna wear that, are you? I guess not. And God's saying that don't look good on you. So then in Ephesians, he keeps rattling off what doesn't look good on us because we're made in this new creation. We're made to be somebody else. What doesn't look good on us is bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, malice, which is being mean, all types of evil, just in case you think you're getting by. But if you look at that list, does that list not define how we are living in our country today. And God is saying to those of us that are made brand new, that we're made to be somebody else, God's saying, that don't look good on you. That doesn't look good on us. The clamor, the, the, the flat-out meanness that goes on, that he says, put off. And then he says to put on this. In Ephesians 4 and Colossians, it says, put on humility. Humility in, in the Hebrew is a really interesting word. Humility in the Hebrew means it's not, oh, shucks, you go first. It's not, I'm going to stay and clean up after the service. Humility means 
being attentive to God's heart, knowing God's heart and doing it. That's humility, knowing what God desires of me and doing it. So gentleness, patience, making allowance for each other's faults because of Jesus' love. Make every effort to keep unity, to keep what? Oh, are we disunified today? All right, now I'm going to talk about the church. The nation is going to be what the nation is going to be, all right? And I'm going to be an equal opportunity person because in a minute we're going to talk about some of these hard things that we as the church need to jump into. Make every allowance to keep unity, to put on compassion, put on kindness, put on humility, put on gentleness, put, be tender-hearted, be patient. Patient, again, a reminder in Scripture means long-suffering. I prayed for patience once back in 1984. I have never prayed for it again because God knocked me down hard. Within that, bear with one another. Oh, man. Anybody else get tired of putting up with people besides me? Some of you are lying or asleep. And God's saying that don't look good on us. You see, what, what it is is this, y'all. We're supposed to put on, forgive one another if you have any grievance against you. Wow. I can't, you know, I'm old, so I, I'm on Facebook. I don't do all that other stuff, right? And I remember one time I put on something about, about, some, about a, a political happening, and I watched two of my best friends go at it. And I'm like, that just doesn't look, and they, they, and they love Jesus, and they were going at it about things that were just crazy. Make allowances. If one has a, has a complaint, forgive. Above all else, put on love. Above, above all else, put on what? Put on what? So here's what I want to, I want to suggest to you. That forgiveness is the Christian cancel culture. We are called to forgive as Christ forgave us. And when we don't live in that, when we don't do that, the world takes a look at us and says, I don't know if I want to be a part of that noise. I don't know if I want to be a part of that. And so God is saying, we have got to be the people that bring love and God's kingdom to a hot mess. Amen. We've got to be the people that do that. Because if we don't, the world brings its mess into it and it gets worse. It, it is just unbelievable. There's not a time in my life, there's not a week in my life when I'm not either called a communist, socialist, or a colonizer. I'm going to be up front with you. Because I'm dancing in worlds of... of with, 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 I'm dancing in, 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 in uh, the African-American community. I'm dancing in the white community. And, and, and I get it all the time. And for a while, I was like, oh, I'm getting tired of this. But, I, but God, remind me, this is where I want you to be. Because if we don't get into the middle of the mess with God's kingdom and God's love, the world brings its counterfeit justice, its counterfeit love, its counterfeit peace, and we get the hot mess we got today. So now I've gone from preaching to meddling because I'm going to be saying some things that are an outgrowth of 30 years of working and living in the inner city of New Orleans, 30 years of looking at what justice and God's justice means. So as I go through these, if they, if they're, if you don't like it, if they're bothersome, my email address is John G at urbanimpact.org. So this is not a Pastor Marcus. This is not an elder thing. 
Um, because what I see, because we have a generation, as I look at the, the next generation, they want to be the generation of justice. Amen? And that scares some of us because what justice do they want to bring? So then God's saying, if God's saying, we got to mind the gap because if we don't bring God's kingdom into the gap, then the world brings its junk into the gap. Can I get an amen? And we've already found out that it doesn't work very well. We've already found out that it's a hot mess. So we're created to be somebody else that lives and loves like something else. So we got to mind the gap. We got to mind the what? You're not helping me today. Mind the what? God's calling us to get into that gap. All right. My daughter is a, a missionary. She's raising funds to go to London with the EFCA. And uh, so we went and visited her. You go there, you go there. There's the tube, the subway, you know, and they're in there. They go, mind the gap, don't you know? You know, and that makes my daughter really mad because that is a very bad English accent. Amen. And so, so it's like, mind the gap, mind the gap, because you don't want to get stuck between the platform and the train. So we are called to mind the gap. Here's the first thing I want to encourage us with. We're living on a green card. In 1 Peter, it says this, to God's elect strangers throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, and Bithynia. So what it's saying is, I, my citizenship is in heaven. Can I get an amen? Okay, I'm going to say that again. I need a little help. My citizenship is in heaven. Amen. And so that means I'm an ambassador for Christ. I get to live in America. It is a great place to live. There are amazing blessings to living in this country. In no way am I saying and saying that I don't feel blessed and don't like it here. Everybody hear me? But if I equate my citizenship to America first and not, the, and not heaven first, I am out of whack. I am not living the way God's called me to live. I'm an ambassador for Christ. So when we equate our faith to a political party, if it's a, if it's a donkey or if it's an elephant, can I get an amen? I'm an equal opportunity basher today. If we equate our faith to that, we are not living the way because I'm living on a green card. My citizenship is in heaven. So I am an ambassador for Christ everywhere I go. And so that means you jump into this hot mess because we got to mind the gap. We got to mind the what? You got to mind the what? All right. All right. Here's another one. Just because I fight for justice doesn't mean I'm a socialist. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Justice, mercy, and what? If you get a chance to study scripture, justice and mercy are almost always put together. They're never, they're never separated. Now I like to separate them. Why do I like to separate them? What, I'm sorry, what's your name? Buck. So when Buck is driving down, down, down the bridge going across to New Orleans and he gets, and he gets stopped by the police, I want justice. Because I, I know how Buck drives. He's a crazy man fool. All right. But when I get pulled over by, by the Causeway police, what do I want? Ooh. They're always together. Justice and mercy were co-mingled on the cross. Right? The just justice that Christ paid, the price he paid that we will be right with God. Then that then brought mercy upon us. That's the vertical. We don't have time today, but then you have the horizontal because we because when Jesus died, he didn't die just to make us right with God. He made us to be right with one another. 
So there's a vertical and, and a horizontal thing, and we live at that intersection between loving God and loving people. And that's a messy place to live, amen? It's a messy place. Where do most accidents happen in, the, in, in life? In the what? Intersection. I used to dog my mom out because she's 92. She drives, lives in Wisconsin. They put roundabouts in her little town, and she's still going roundabout. Amen. <laughs> so you know that Rouse is out. That, that Rouse is out by uh, Archbishop, whatever what school that is, Hannon. You know, you never guess who in February had an accident in that roundabout. God's like, oh, you want to make fun of your mama? Look to you. Look, look at this. We should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a cockroach. That's what it is. See, so justice and mercy and faith, you see how they're commingled together. And the church, I want to, I, I want to encourage us. The church is the one to jump into that mess because it's only God's justice that's going to make a difference. Amen. And so when we understand and know what God's justice is, and when we fight for the fact, in, in our case, we fight for the fact that, that I got too many, too many folks that have suffered under a judicial system that isn't working. It's not working. A guy in jail because he was walking the neighborhood with a screwdriver in his pocket. That's not working. Again, I'm not saying we don't jump into, we don't deal with justice issues and crime. Everybody hear me? We've got broken people that make broken systems. So who better to jump into broken people and broken systems than somebody that's made to be somebody else that understands God's justice and God's heart? We got to mind the gap. We got to mind the what? Got to mind the what? All right. Whoop, we got to, can I go backwards? I don't know how on this one. Maybe I would, could you go backwards for me? I'm sorry. Got too excited. Are you provoking? So, and this is out of Hebrews. And so Hebrews is acting, acting, are you provoking? All right. And so are, are you provoking? But are you provoking to making sure everybody understands what you mean and what you say or your pr- particular political view? Or are we, what it says here, provoke unto what? Love and good works. Love and what? Wow. That's what God wants us to be, to be a provoking people that we are, we are poking people about. Hey, this is God's love. This is who God is. This is God's justice. This is who he is. And so then that's who we need to be. We need to be a provoking people unto love and good works. We got to mind the gap. We got to mind the what? We got to mind the gap. All right. I told you I would step on some toes today. Black Lives Matter, not so much the organization. Excuse me. I'm, when I say that, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Redhead. He's gone. I'm thinking of Tamp. I'm thinking of Milton. And we can get into some kind of existential argument about justice and what's what and who's who. But for me, that's what I see. We mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. We can't let the world define how we provoke unto love and good works. Amen? 
Don't let the world define that. Let's us define it. Let's our faith walk into it. And it's a hot mess. Amen. It is a hot mess. But I'm glad Jesus stepped into my hot mess. Anybody else? I'm glad Jesus, it says in his word that while we were yet his enemy, while we were against him, while we plotted to kill him, he still came and died. Jesus minded the gap. Amen. He came down from heaven. He came down to earth. He minded the gap. He came and got into it. And he brought life and love and forgiveness and peace and joy into a hot mess. Amen. And that's, and Jesus said, just as I have come, you go. Just as the Lord sent me, I'm sending you. We got to do that. We got to mind the gap. We got to mind the what? Mind to mind the what? We got to create room for the kingdom. When you reap a harvest in your land, don't reap to the very edges of the field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over the vineyard a second time or pick up your grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the, you're not helping me, and the, and then God says, just in case you want to get by with this and not do it, I'm the Lord your God. Just in case you don't think this is important, I am who I says I am. And you look at that, so that's gleaning. Now, most of us don't, I don't read Leviticus very often. Anybody else? You know, it's not, you know, I don't read Leviticus because I want to eat shrimp and ribs, all right? It's a joke. You'll get it. Never mind, all right? But basically what it's saying is, what do you do with what you got? What do you do with what you got? God has blessed us. Can I get an amen? And out of that blessing, God's saying, what do you do with what you got? Don't keep it all for yourself. That's what this says. This says, leave room, create room for God's kingdom to happen. That's why I want to encourage you. You do that. You've supported us for years. And I can look out at individuals in this room that have supported us. And supported us at times when you didn't agree with everything we did. You know, I, I think of how you supported Miguel when he went out and, 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 and planted the church. How you supported the Waterstones. You, you guys do a great job. So I'm not, I'm not throwing a guilt trip at you. But what I see is when we do this, when we leave room, when we leave them for the poor and for the foreigner, that's what you're doing, right? You got a little church plant that's starting here with Spanish-speaking folk. You're leaving room for the kingdom. And when I, and so we do this with kids. I talk about it to kids. We, so we do a little exercise called, I call it the privilege, uh, advantage exercise. So we're like, if you got two, if you got two parents in your home, take a step forward. If, uh, if, if you're someone in your family has battled addiction, take a step backwards. If you feel comfortable calling the police, take a step forward. If you've ever been followed when you go into store because of who you are, take a step backwards. And so we have these high school kids do it, and I have adults do it. And it's amazing to look at the gap that's there. So there's gaps between those in the group, but then the gap between those and kids in our neighborhood is huge. And so then if we mind the gap, we get into that gap. Does that make sense? 
we get into that gap. That's where we bring the kingdom. We're provoking unto love and good works. That's where we promote the kingdom because my citizenship is in heaven, not ju- and I get a chance to live in America. So then I'm about the kingdom, and when I'm about the kingdom, when I create room for the kingdom and do that, God does things. So that's establishing shared places, inviting people from the margins to be a part of things, cultivating relationships across racial and class lines. It's, it's it, and, and so it, and, and if you got a company, it's saying, "Ma'am, I'm going to save one spot for one kid that really needs it." Because we hire kids, we hired ten kids this year, and it is a joy and a frustration. Can I get an amen? It is a joy. And Friday, I'm sitting with a girl, and I'm like, "Oh, come on, girl, it's Friday. I want to go home." And 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 we're talking about. Just put the mask over your nose. And it was a half hour. I'm like, you know, but God says, John, how often am I patient with you? We got to mind the gap. Finally, our address is 1723. I, I get a chance to live at 4216 South Durbany Street, but my address is 1723. Look at the bottom part of that. I in them, so this is Christ, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Complete what? Oh. This being in unity around Christ and in the kingdom is huge. And when we're not unified, it is a hot mess that the world says, I don't want to be a part of. And we're not effective in doing it. Think about it in your own family. When your family isn't one, isn't unified, the struggles that you have. And so we need to do that so that then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me even as you have loved. Excuse me, I screwed that up. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So Jesus is saying what? The world will know that God loves them and that Jesus loves them based on our unity. That's what it says. There's there's no way around it. And so unity, we define unity as when all parties enjoy the full benefits of God God and one another. So what does that mean? That means that all that's great about Carol is poured into me. All that's great about me is poured into Carol because all that's great about God is always poured into us. Amen? Oh, what a glorious place it is. It's a hard place, but it's a great place. So let us remember to be people who have been called to love one another. As the body of Christ, that we are people unified and exemplified by love. We're people who see each person as made in the image of God. Straight, gay, documented, undocumented, black, white, rich, poor, all made in the image of God. People have been called to live and love like Jesus. People who recognize injustice and racism as sinful and act to eradicate it. People who reach out and comfort the afflicted. People who mourn with those who mourn. People who hunger and thirst for righteousness. People who are merciful. People who are blessed because they are peace. Not, you say, you notice it doesn't say peacekeepers. Peacemakers. The joy of jumping into the gap. The joy of understanding that I was made to be somebody else that lives and loves like something else. The joy in that, I'm gonna, I want to end with this, I want to just, is every day this summer, I get to watch Tyrone Kristoff who was a chubby cheek fifth grader when I met him. 
He's now 36. He's 30-something. I can't remember. I'm too old. I don't remember, right? And I get to watch him lead the high school youth group. This was the same kid that when he was growing up stuttered so bad he couldn't, he couldn't string together a sentence. And then he prayed to God one day, God, would you take this away from me? And all at once, he's the teacher. I get to watch him. I get to see Tyrone King, little Tyrone, come. And little Tyrone's been with us since he was six. And, and, and sometimes he, sometimes he just, Makes me want to pull out my hair, amen. But but I get to watch him be that kid that got kicked out of day camp on a continual basis. When I, and I, that's not hyperbole; that is truth. He's leading sports. I, I get to watch Demetrius, who who dreams of being a chef, and and she's leading our art class. And you see, it, this isn't rocket science, y'all. This isn't. This isn't, we're not a great program place. We do some things well. We stink at a lot of stuff. It is just being a presence into the hot mess. Amen. So where is God calling you to bring his kingdom to? In essence, where's your New Orleans? Where is God saying, I want you to now understand you were made to be somebody else. Now live in love like something else. Because when we jump into the mess... God does the work, amen? When we jump into the mess and bring God's presence, because you know what? When we show up, God shows off. You're created to be somebody what? You're not helping me. Somebody what? That lives and loves like something else. Let's be the ones that mind the gap. Just find one place one relationship that you jump into and watch God do amazing things. Amen. There's a building across the parking lot that wasn't there until Katrina because some folks decided to mind the gap. That's how it works. That's the beauty of it. So Lord, we thank you and praise you so much for your love. We thank you. I thank you for this place that has minded the gap. Lord, all, over all the years and has minded the gap through things going great and through things not going great. Through people coming and going, you've continued to build your church. And Lord, may they be encouraged today that it's a great time to be Trinity Church. No matter what's happened, no matter what's going on, it's a great time to be the church. Thank you, Lord, that you created us to be somebody else. We are this new, new creation. We are this masterpiece, this piece of art that you created to do great things by us minding the gap, stepping into the mess, bringing your love, your peace, your joy, your salvation into a world that's crying so desperately for it we can't even figure out who we are. But when we have faith in you, we know who we are and we can live like that. We love you and praise you and thank you. And all God's people said.